Welcome to the experience. Sharing insights into the future of customer and employee experiences with Avaya. Welcome back to another episode of The Experience, brought to you by Avaya, where we're bringing you thought-provoking conversations with industry leaders, technologists, creators, influencers, and others who are all bringing to life the future of experiences. I'm Steve Forkham, and on the show today, we have the Chief Information Officer and Director of IT for Pennsylvania's Dauphin County, Elizabeth Ziegler-Perry. Elizabeth joins us for this special episode on International Women's Day, March 8th as a part of our celebration of International Women's History Month. Elizabeth is here to talk all about the challenges of digitizing government communications and the rewards of pivoting to cloud. Elizabeth, where does the uh, podcast find you today? I am at my office in Dauphin County, Pennsylvania. So you're back in the office. We've actually been back in the office since June of 2020. We were only out of the office for a short period of time. That's an interesting dynamic in today's workplace that, especially going back in 2020, that almost, for a lot of folks, feels unheard of. But I know in the municipal space, it was it was kind of back to business pretty quick. You joined Dauphin County back in 2019, correct? Yeah, August of 2019. Yes. My welcoming gift was a pandemic. <laughs> <laughs> Surprise. Surprise. <laughs> the world came apart. Yes, it uh, did. <laughs> it was crazy during that time period. I remember we had our conference and then I came back and I had one more trip to Kansas City of all places. And then all of a sudden the world just ended. We were, I was supposed to fly out to Vegas and then it turned into, no, we're not going because this thing looks bad. And then it just, everything kind of collapsed. When you joined Dauphin County in 2019, you told us that one of the first items that you saw on your agenda was a legacy phone system that was pretty old. It might have even qualified as antique at the time. Can you tell us a little bit about the system you inherited and some of the pain points that it was creating for the county's 40 departments? I think saying legacy phone system is a nice way of putting it. Antiquated, I think, would be probably the right word, especially in the technology space. It's 25 years old, I think. We actually had three disparate systems kind of tied together with bubble gum and duct tape. Not every county building was on the same phone system. Some of them had different, altogether different providers, the ones downtown, trying to get end users to tell me like, okay, well, your phone's not working. Which one is it? And they're not technical people. So they're like, I don't know. It's the phone on my desk. Exactly. So it was very antiquated and not very feature rich. So I came from a place, my job before this was the senior telecom architect at the Commonwealth. So I've been around phone systems my whole career and I'm like, what is this thing? So I think it was installed even before my career started. I don't know, but it was aging and it was aging very quickly. When I first got here, it was first item up for bid. The commissioners knew it. That was one of the things that they were very upfront about. This is something that we really need to do. So it was just, you know, they, they knew it was going to happen and we wanted to spend this money to try to get something new. But then the pandemic hit just a couple months later. So the, all your hopes and dreams of like, yay, my first big project is going to be this fancy new, oh, no, it's not. No, it's not. <laughs> it's, that's, not that's not what we're going to do. So it kind of put it on the back burner. And it was good and bad. It gave us time to be able to kind of look into things and handle the pandemic situation. But 
part of it was also a little good because we did have a commissioner who was like, oh, do we really need to replace it? And while this pandemic was going on, it started to show its age. We were losing the courthouse every other day. It was going down. Once you start seeing that, it's like, hey, is this thing going to hang on at all? Are we going to be facing a big problem? When I first got here, would have loved to have done it right away. Just was not in the cards, obviously. But like everybody knew that it needed to be done. That reminds me, when I was a customer, I had been, uh, started with a, a company in Connecticut that had three sites, three separate standalone phone systems that were really old. I came from a site where we had just upgraded to the latest release. So I was kind of like, what is this? These are like the tools that the cavemen discarded. The thing that used to keep me up was this is specialized equipment. It's not like if it breaks, you can just go to your nearest Best Buy and get an off-the-shelf computer while you replace something. It, like it was ours actually, our voicemail crashed on Christmas Eve one year. So instead of being in the holiday party with everybody else, I was in the server room because our vendor had shipped down an old box. And it was just one of those things that kept me up at night. Your comment about that one commissioner who says, if it ain't broke, why am I spending money to fix it? Sometimes they need to see it broken. It reminds me of mine. I yeah. We had put together a proposal and it had an ROI of 13 months. Mm. And because of the company's financials at the time, they basically said, if something doesn't have a 12-month ROI, we're not approving it. And I yeah. had to fight to get that through. It's like one month. One you know, month. Come on. Trust me. And that was without a pandemic in the middle of it. I can't imagine what you guys were dealing with. Oh, right? it was it was a good time had by all. <laughs> but yeah, like to your point, it was, they don't know. I mean, we're the IT people, right? They're not. Exactly. They don't know what this looks like. They just know that, hey, it works. So yeah. what, what are we going to do uh, today? It works today. Tomorrow, I can't guarantee. It's like one of those things like I pick up the phone, I get dial tone. It, why would I spend money on fixing this until all of a sudden something doesn't work or something gets magnified out? When you first started, you weren't thinking cloud. You were thinking upgrade on-prem. So the pandemic obviously changed everything, as you've already kind of described. A lot of the customers I've talked to, it was just one of those, like overnight, I need to figure out a full collaboration strategy, work from home strategy, and organizations like Dauphin County that were running on these legacy systems, that wasn't just a, an easy flip of the switch. Can you walk us through what did that look like in March of 2020, having to quickly evaluate and deploy on the fly? It was stressful to say the least. I got a call from our chief clerk at the time and said, hey, we got to send everybody home like everybody else. Great. How long do I have to do that? Three days. Awesome. Okay. <laughs> Once I pick myself up off my seat, you really do have to dig in and say, okay, what are the biggest things that we have to keep moving? The courts don't have the luxury of stopping because of a pandemic. There was always this, can't remember the rule right now, but it's the, you have the right to a speedy you know, trial. Oh, yeah. So that came into play, which is like, gosh, I didn't even think that was going to land on my desk, but it did because they have to keep moving. We provide services to our citizens. We have human services, children and youth. We've got drugs and alcohol. We've got aging. We can't stop those services. In fact, they need them more now than ever. So kind of what are we going to do? And when I started to really dig into the phone system of what it could or could not do, I was like, this is a mess. You can only have so many main lines running off of it. You can only do so many call forwarding with it, you know, where it's in my world, it was like, hey, everybody just forward your phone to your cell phone. We wish you the best of luck. Let us know if you need anything. Unfortunately, that's our phone system was nowhere close to that. It couldn't even forward down the hall, let alone wow. to somebody's house. So it was really interesting. 
our saving grace was Avaya did us a solid, and I mean a solid, because we were already kind of in discussions. We wanted to do the phone system. You know, this is kind of the things that we were looking at because of the conversations we were starting. But they did us a solid. They said, hey, we have we, we can get you video conferencing so you, we can at least have meetings. Commissioner meetings still have to go on. I said, okay, well, what's the first thing? Well, changing your desk phone. I don't care about that because you're not going to be here to answer it. But we've got to get mainline calls to be able to get answered. We've got to be able to make sure that somebody that's in crisis mode, we have the crisis hotline here that they're still going to be answered. You start picking off these one by ones and really just trying to shove that square peg into a round hole and going in the basement, in the server room going, come on, phone system. I know you don't know how to do this and I know you don't want to, but I really need you to just go outside of your comfort zone for a minute. Technology doesn't like to draw outside the lines. No, it doesn't. No, no, especially the antiquated ones. So you get very uh, pigeonholed, but we had to get real creative real fast. It was a lot of telling, you know, hey, I'm sorry. I know you have to do this thing, but this has to take precedence. So I have to prioritize it. And like, who wants to have to say that over a phone system? Yeah, exactly. I I really like for you to be able to do your jobs, but the phone system, you see. It was really interesting. It was touch and go there for, but we, we managed to figure it out. I think that situation, as stressful as it was, and kind of as exhausting as it was, it shined a light on a lot of the things that we were going to need in the county moving forward. It really drew out a lot of the features and functions and things that we were going to have to take a look at. So while it was annoying and nobody wanted to do it, I also think that it was really helpful in making us kind of go into the right direction. That's that cartoon that kind of emerged in 2020 and beyond of that wrecking ball that was labeled digital transformation. Oh, God. Swinging towards a building. It just was an overnight, you know, look at how do we actually work? How do we get things done? How do we measure productivity? And a lot of organizations had to try and deal with that overnight. And, you know, obviously you guys were successful in making this transition. You were back in the offices in June of 2020. But I would assume you saw some bumps in the road. What were some of the limitations of being on premise that became clear to you as you were kind of looking at not just reacting to a sudden, hey, we've got the world's on its end, but then as you started to kind of strategize of what does this future look like? What tools do we need to effectively do government business in 2020 and beyond? That's a really interesting question. I'm going to say a couple of things. One is, and and I use this term, I even have a button on my badge that says it. This is how we've always done it, is a dirty word to me. But even I had to take on-prem. That's what smaller organizations do. You do an on-prem box and you have this, wait a minute, why pigeonhole ourselves into that? And the other thing that became very clear is this might not be the last pandemic we ever see, or this might not be the last disaster we ever see. This might not be the last time we have to shift gears very quickly. So what is it that I need to do in order to keep the county always moving in the direction where we can pivot easily if that time ever came again? I don't want, if it's not within my tenure, which I let's be honest, I hope it isn't. If it's not within my tenure, I wanna be able to set up the county To be able to say, oh, yeah, no, we're good, we can go, instead of having to sit in the same seat that I did and go, like, what on earth are we going to do to get 1,600 people home and functioning in this amount of time? So it became really clear that flexibility and not being tied to an actual site was going to be on the top of that list. I can't be tied to something that's in my basement and only functions in my basement, or I have to have somebody come in here and do something. I don't want people to have to 
be the essential employee that has to drive into the city and do all those things. So flexibility in where we operate from was a definite. Now you can't just think about a disaster recovery building. So before the pandemic, your disaster recovery plan was, hey, we go into another state or another county or whatever the case, we stand up in another building. That's off the table now. That's not what disaster recovery plans look like now. Now we have to have people teleworking. We have to have run a whole entire county from possibly 1,600 different locations because everybody's at their own house, right? How do I do that? Well, tying myself to equipment that's on-prem isn't it. I need this phone system to follow me wherever we are. And and I don't want to have to think about where that is, right? I don't want to have to, in my plan, say, okay, step one, call the phone company and figure out how we forward all of this or transfer all of these things. That just can't be on the table anymore. It's funny. I was joking with my neighbor during... I think it was late in 2020 that basically who knew that we were, you know, moving into an office park because everybody in the neighborhood is now all of a sudden working from home. And we had an Amazon driver come by and they had their music blasting. Yeah. And in a residential area, it's like, yeah, whatever. But it's like, do you mind? We're all working here. Right, right, right. This all of a sudden became an office park. And it's funny you mentioned disaster recovery evolving. Because I remember those days where it was, hey, we need to get a co-location. We need to rent X amount of desks. Who's going to be our emergency workers that are going to go to this co-location? And I remember having to talk to people about disaster recovery. And it was always like trying to convince people the boogeyman was real. Oh, there's the bird flu. There's the swine flu. There's disasters. And now all of a sudden, nobody questions the boogeyman. They know it's there, right? And you know, I think it's interesting that you're taking this approach of, You wanted to set the county up. You're planting a seed that you may not be around to see the shade from the tree, so to speak, for the next person who hopefully we don't have to deal with this in our lifetimes. But, you know, the reality is these things are just getting more and more common. And now we're also looking at lesser things like snowstorms and, you know, do we really need people driving in? That is such an excellent point. We have something here in Dauphin County called liberal leave. The roads were too bad. I wanted to give people the opportunity to stay home. You could use liberal leave, which means they call off and use whatever kind of leave they have available in order to do so. Well, but wait a minute. We don't have to do that anymore, right? You don't have to drive in here. They don't have to call liberal leave. We're not having all of these people call off. We're working. We're just not working here. And it's very easy to do that. You pivot on a dime. They don't have to say, oh, yeah, we're the county... We're going to function in a limited capacity. Heck no. And that was one of the things that you didn't even think about in the middle of the pandemic, but was such a benefit at the end of it. You've got somebody coming into your office to do a roof repair. You don't need them banging around. Just work from home today, you know, so you're not being disrupted and and all of that. So, I mean, yeah, it's, it's an excellent point. It's not even necessarily a disaster, but get a couple of inches of snow and don't want people to have to drive in it. Well, now you don't have to. You don't even have to think about it. Exactly. I used to laugh when the governors would always say, you know, if you don't need to go anywhere, stay off the road. It's like, everybody's going to go to work. That's hilarious. That's uh, adorable, but we all have jobs. So we're going to have to do that. But in today's world with remote work, we can dramatically cut down on the number of cars that are on the road. So it makes it safer for the plows and everything else as they're doing their job. You had mentioned Dauphin County went back to the offices very quickly back in June. But I think you just touched on a little bit of this with how the the pandemic and the work from home experiences has modified your day-to-day procedures. Hey, if there's a roof repair happening, we don't need to be working in that kind of environment, work from home. What were some of the things that you were evaluating 
as you went from a, hey, we're all working in the office nine to five, Monday through Friday, mm-hmm. to a more flexible model where basically work is something we do, not somewhere we go. What were some right. of the things that you learned during the pandemic that have become a permanent solution? Probably the, your phone will ring anywhere you tell it to, very simply. I have a staff of anywhere between 27 and 30 people. We support 1,600. I can't have them all call and tell me that they need to have their phone forwarded to somewhere else. That's just not realistic. So I think one of the best features we had, okay, you have a desk phone when you're here. You have a soft phone on your laptop for when you go home. Don't even have to do anything. You just have to go ahead and click that little icon and boom, you're in. Oh, wait a minute. You can even have it on your cell phone if you'd like. It is choose your own adventure. And my team doesn't even need to be involved in it. You decide where it's going to go. Do you want everything to ring all at once? Which is fantastic when you're sitting at your desk, by the way, in the office and 17 things ring at you all at once for one phone call. But that was probably one of the biggest. Voicemail. If you want to talk about a feature that they all just thought was the greatest thing since putting a man on the moon. You mean I get my voicemail on my email? Yeah. I don't have to dial into anything? No. Listen to the attachment. Oh, that's really great. Then I could just write that down or they have, I said, why are you writing it down? Forward the email to whoever needs to take care of it. You don't have to do anything with it. Just go. This is amazing. I can't believe they have this technology now. I'm like, it's been around for a while. Don't want to break it to you. But so that was another great one, right? We have a lot of call queues set up and that doesn't get disrupted either. That was a huge feature for us where somebody calls a main line and, and, you know, a bunch of different people have to be responsible for answering the phone. It's no more of saying like, okay, well, let's forward this phone to this person for the day and they're responsible. Just go home and fire up your laptop. Their phone's going to ring right there for you. You don't even need to worry about it. And again, not that I don't want to support my customers with Gusto, but they don't have to call us. They don't have to worry about saying like, oh, when's IT going to be able to get that done for us? It just does it. It's just there and they can use it however they want. I mean, I'm sure that there's situations that I don't even know about that they're doing because they don't get us involved in any anymore. I mean, I think for the top ones, those were probably the best. The video conferencing was also a big one. I think I've said this before, like how do you keep the judicial system running when nobody can be in a courthouse? Well, hey, let's fire up the video. That was also something that we're like, yeah, that's not going to go away. You know, people weren't used to the Zooms and the Avaya meetings and the whatever other product is out there that everybody, I mean, that was that was just something that only, you know, the executives did or like the big conferences did. That was kind of like sitting out here in the wings. And now all of a sudden, like nobody can live without it. When I'm looking at this, it's not me to say, oh yeah, you get a conferencing license and you get a conferencing license. It's just there. Everybody gets it. You get a conferencing license and you get a conferencing license. You hand them out like You're Oprah, the Oprah right? of so, IT. Right. You, you better believe it. That was also a huge deal is to like, you really want to find the service that gives them all the features. Isn't overwhelming because to an IT person, give me the toys all day long and I am in my glory. But you also need it to be super easy. So give them the robust features that they need, but make it super easy for them to use, but not overwhelm them all at the same time. Put that in a blender and you end up with your requirements for a phone system. So user empowerment is really what you guys are seeing the the biggest benefit of because not everything is flowing through a choke point being IT. Hey, I need to have this modification to a queue or I need my calls forward here. Now the users are empowered To your point, choose your own adventure. What works for you is going to be different than what works for the person next door. Now, when you guys were looking at which solution to go with, you did a, I think it was a head-to-head comparison with your users, right? We did. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah. So we did a voice experience center 
or the VEC, because in IT, if you don't have a catchy acronym for it, it doesn't exist, right? So we did the Voice Experience Center, and after we narrowed it down, we talked to all the departments, what is it that you need? Now, they didn't know all of these fancy things, so it was like, well, I just needed to ring, and I need to answer this person's line, and we're like, okay, we, we can think bigger. But when we really got into it and started evaluating systems, we narrowed it down to two, and I said, okay, I don't, as the IT director or as the IT department, I don't want to be the one that decides what phone system they get. The users have to do it. Why? Mm -hmm. Because if they buy into it, they're going to accept it a little. uh, Absolutely. If they had a say in it, I don't want to say like, hey, you picked it, but that's kind (laughs) of what it comes down to. Like, well, you had your say. So, you know, we made sure that the technologies did what it had to do. We had those big checked items. The voicemail was always going to be a big one. We still have the people answering phones for other people from executives. So we did all that. So I said, okay, how about we do this? Have the two vendors that we've picked come and set up their solutions. We're going to give them a kind of like a checklist of this is the way it needs to work. I want to set it up on a user base. I want a station that has just a basic user that they answer their phone, they get some voicemail, they make calls. Somebody who's responsible for answering a call queue or a main line or somebody else's phone give me video conferencing, here are a bunch of different scenarios, if you will. Set them up. Each has to be set up in this way so that it's apples to apples. And then all the salespeople get out because it needs to speak for themselves. (laughs) Good technology does, right? Right. So we set this up and we had it in my training room here, my office, and everybody could schedule a time to come around and see it. And so I had somebody from my staff take them around and go, okay, here you go. This is what it is. Now go play with it. It was fully functioning. It wasn't just fake model on the desk. It was, it it had to work. Did, you know, here, place a phone call. Here's what this looks like. If somebody calls you and you you need to ring it on your phone or whatever, they kind of got to go between each of the solutions and really see which one they liked. And then I gave them a serve at the end and said, okay, how is it usability? Like, is it easy for you to use? Were you able to figure it out on your own? What about the video conferencing? Did that look like that was going to solve your needs and and desires? Which one do you think is going to fit your office? So it's just basic questions. And overall, which one did you like? We had a great turnout. We had everybody from commissioners to executive assistants to just your standard everyday user come in here and take a look at it. They loved it because they got to play with something new. Sure. Then they took a little survey and spoke for itself. It was very easy to make a decision after that. That is what I find the key to actual platform adoption oh, yeah. is when people actually take that sense of ownership. This is how it works for me. So this way, to your point, you had the chance to try this. Right. So now all of a sudden <laughs> you're telling me that there's this other use case that you know you have to have. That really is kind of forward looking. A lot of organizations don't necessarily take that step to set up a VEC and to really kind of drive people through. I love the idea of the acronym too. That just spoke to my soul. (laughs) There's another service that's included that I think people think is stuck in the 90s, but it is still tremendously used. I don't know why personally, because I'm right on the edge of the millennial side, but faxing. Yeah, exactly. Oh, (laughs) you made it a goal to eliminate traditional faxing. Because it's inefficient, it's a pain, the machines are expensive, they break all the time. What was the transition like for Dauphin County to move away from that kind of, I need to go to the fax, I need to collect the papers and then distribute them into e-fax. Everybody has a fax number. Kind of like Oprah with technology, you're like Oprah with faxing. You get a fax and you get a fax. 
How did that work out? How did your workforce adopt that? That one was a little tougher than say, hey, you get voicemail in your inbox. It wasn't as flashy. And sure. you really have the uphill battle to faxing has always been security. Well, we have all these things and it's secure. Yeah, sure. It is, but this is secure too, because so is your email. You're sending the same information sometimes over an email that you are in a fax. So it's really no different. That one was, I don't want to say more of a forced change, but I did sort of shove everybody down the chute of change, whether they wanted to or not. I don't want to say that it was a risk, but it was definitely something like, okay, if I could just get them to do it, if I get them to do it, they're going to see how easy it is. There was a lot of resistance. No, no, no. I have to have my fax machine. No, you really don't. I promise. <laughs> it's not going to do the same thing as a fax. Yeah, it will. I promise. It actually and didn't it, work. Yeah, but wait, we can send it to a shared mailbox. And all of you can check the faxes. You could check them from home if you wanted to. Oh, wait a minute. I can check my faxes from home. Yeah. Don't even need to be next to the fax machine. As fun as it is to hear the fax machine go off, if that's what you like. So at first it was, I was met with a little bit of resistance to it. Luckily that kind of came after we started showing them all the cool things it did, Mm -hmm. you know, the phone system itself. So it, it wasn't the first thing we hit them with out of the gate. Yeah. So you gave them the dessert first and then you gave them the veggies. I mean, yeah, yes, <laughs> on purpose. Exactly. I know you're not going to like this. So I'm going to save this after I've already gotten you to agree that this is a good idea. <laughs> exactly. So yeah, it was met with resistance, but now I don't hear a peep about it. You don't hear a peep about it because they're like, oh yeah, it just comes into my email. Yeah. And then you could just go to the scanner and fax it that and it's look at that. Oh, and you don't wait a minute. We can save trees. Yes, you can see, but you could stop printing things out and having the faxes in a box in the warehouse for all of eternity. Now you just, you know, we archive them in your email and it's the exact same thing. Oh, wait, you need to, they didn't fax the right place. Oh, how about you just forward the email and then off it goes instead of trying to figure out the fax number of where you, you know. Sneaker where, net it over. Where you, <laughs> right, like where, where does it need to go? Was it the most popular at the beginning? No, I wouldn't say that it's complacency either. Like they, you know, they just gave up and said, well, she's going to make us do it. They bought into it, but not as quick as the rest of it, but they did. And I pretty much said, everybody's going. No facts left behind, right? (laughs) So we really had to kind of convince them, it's okay. No, I'm going to keep my fax machine. Okay. It's not going to work because we're going to move the number over here, but okay. That makes you feel better. That had to be a huge cost saver, just in toner and, oh my you know, those fax God. machine repairs and everything. Maintenance on a fax machine, pay a maintenance, oh, some maintenance agreement, toner, paper. I mean, all of it. Let's veer a little bit outside of tech. Diversity and representation are important things in this world, in the, especially in technology. As a leader in tech, what advice might you have for any woman or girl who's listening and considering a career in technology? Go for it. It's daunting. It can be intimidating, but go for it. Don't look at that job description and say, oh, I can only do like half of that. Apply for it anyway. Volunteer for learning a different service. When you start your career, volunteer to learn different stuff and make yourself more diverse. Get yourself into a group of other women, if you can, that kind of have been through it before, if you can find yourself a good mentor, but just go for it. It's intimidating female CIO of a county. I don't, you know, what are they going to think about? What are they going to think about that? But you just, it sounds really simplistic, I guess, but 
don't think of the reasons why you can't do it or why you don't think that you're qualified for it. I think that that would go for pretty much any career path. But in technology, it changes so fast that you don't want to hold yourself to say, well, I, I don't know how that works or I don't know that specific. You can't. Well, first of all, nobody's going to know everything in technology. You mm -hmm. just there's it's, it's impossible, right? That's why people pick subjects, cybersecurity or phones or software, whatever the, the case may be. So you're never going to know every single thing because it's going to change five minutes after you learn it because that's just the way it goes stay away from this is the way we've always done it, or that's the way they've always done it. Be the one that comes up with that new idea or the change. Be that voice and don't be afraid to speak up. Take up space at the table. Let them hear you. Let them hear your good ideas. But just don't be afraid to speak up. Don't be afraid to go for it. It's nerve wracking. You don't know what you're going to end up with. You're going to end up with some challenges like a pandemic, for example. <laughs> But just just go for it. Just embrace it. Look at the things that you can do and do them with gusto and the rest of it is going to fall right in line behind you. Yeah, I appreciate that. And, you know, Elizabeth, I just want to say thank you for joining the show today. This was a great discussion, great work that you're doing in Dauphin County and hope to uh, see you at Engage or somewhere down the road. Yeah, I appreciate it. It's been a blast talking to you. Thanks so much. Thanks. Thank you again to Elizabeth for coming on the show and talking about the challenges of digitizing government communications and the rewards of pivoting to cloud. If you're enjoying the show, please be sure to rate and leave a review wherever you listen to your podcasts. I'm your host, Steve Forkham, and this has been The Experience, where we share insights into the future of customer and employee experiences. <laughs>